0: Good evening, everybody. As of this recording, it is Monday, May 20th, 2013. It's time for 10 dozen minutes of Jake and Mr. Skullhead with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead and Jake is also
1: on a recording device. I am on a recording device. What was that can that you just opened prior to the recording? It is a uh, a can of Leinenkugel's Lemonberry Shandy. Hmm, a Lemonberry Shandy. Is a Shandy like a radler? Is it like a like a half beer, half fruit juice or something?
0: Yeah, it's a beer with some... It's like an Arnold Palmer, almost, only with beer. Okay. And in this case, with some extra berry.
1: Is there any, like, drunk asshole golfer that you could name that after?
0: Hmm. I don't know. Does Tiger Woods drink? Because he's the only other golfer I'm familiar with. Mm, (laughs) We could call it a Zach Johnson, because that's, like, the third golfer I'm familiar with. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I mean, there was Lee Lee Trevino. Uh, Hmm. I think Lee Iacocca played some golf. Uh, there was there was uh, Chai Chai Rodriguez, who I learned about from watching WKRP. See, I only uh, know
0: about Lee Trevino. Sounds like some Latin phrase that you would hear in a hospital. Like, yeah, yeah he was pretty sick. We had to give him all of his fluids. Lee Trevino,
1: who like, that sucks. Yeah, so it's like an in utero. Yeah. He was very he was very sick and also very young. And we had to give him all of his fluids in utero. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's get, it gets awkward as you get older because you have to have a bigger and
1: bigger uterus. We had to have a Litravino fertilization. It was just the only way <laughs> it was the only way my wife could get pregnant is if a golfer fucked her.
0: Uh, Why didn't you just learn how to play golf? Yeah, it was too much trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's he was right there, you know. Which was weird in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what he does since he retired. Like hi, I'm golfer Lee Trevino. Do you have anybody here you need impregnated Leitravinously? <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, Mister Skullhead? What have we been doing? We had uh, Thursday night. We went and saw the new Star Trek. Went to a uh, like a actually not a late show. I was gonna say a late show because it usually is, but we actually got uh, vaginal blood farts. Daughter is now of babysitting age, so we actually got her to come over and watch the kiddo. So uh, st- Star Trekking. What Star Trek what, uh, what is Star Trek doing to you what is Skype doing how was to you? uh how was Star Trek I really enjoyed it it because uh, I liked the first one a whole lot and then the more that I saw it the more that I started not liking it as much because it has like everything that happens with the villain is so stupid that it kind of starts to weigh the whole movie down like everything that's just the characters interacting with each other is fantastic and stuff that's just action that doesn't involve Nero and his retarded plan and his ridiculous acting is fine you know so I was getting less and less enjoyment out of that and I just really hoped that they didn't take uh, Benedict Cumberbatch who is awesome and give him something really stupid to do and they didn't so that was good Did was he was he Khan Is is Khan the villain of the second one I think it's it's out enough now that I can say yeah. For a long oh, time it? they said he was this he was John Harrison was his character name, but then it's well John Harrison was the fake identity that we made for this guy who was in a like cryo
1: chamber and we found him and thought him out. His real name is Con. Khan. Khan Noonien Singh. Yep. Although it wouldn't have made much sense, uh, I, I was listening to the Overthinking It podcast today on the way home from work, actually, about uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, and uh, they said that he is not uh, a Sikh in this as he was in the original.
0: Yeah, they get, took pains to say that he was in the original and then cast Ricardo Montalban. Yep, yeah, for all anybody knows, Ricardo Montalban is a Sikh. <laughs> he is a uh, heat-seeking missile.
1: Uh-huh. That's what he is. Usually. I think he, he he's more of a poontang-seeking missile. Yeah, he is a throbbing love muscle missile. He seemed, to, he seemed to be quite the ladies' man, although I might just be imagining that because he's the kind of guy that I would like if I were a lady. Somebody whose body is made of fine Corinthian leather? Somebody who's, re- yeah, really old. <laughs> really old and
0: looks like he spent a lot of time in the sun. No, it was good. It was good. There was one part of it that I thought was so dumb it made me say out loud in the theater, oh, that was dumb. But then it quickly recovered and up till then it was doing fine so
1: i can't i can't fault it too heavily
0: it was good you know, it was you know i saw the first one smart. once
1: in the theater and i don't remember very much about it every once in a while when i think about it i think of a scene i remember there being some beastie boys uh well uh the guy from that movie bottle shock or whatever uh <laughs> Bio Rocket drove a car. <laughs> Bottle Shock. <clears throat> Real fast. And I guess it was Wait, an old car about? and an old song was the joke. Oh, right. What? So uh, well, sabotage? I don't know. The guy that plays Captain Kirk was also the. Yeah, he played, he played Sabotage in the car that he's driving. Uh, but it was the kid from. There was this movie called. I'm pretty sure it's called Bottle Shock. It's just a movie about winemakers. Huh? It was pretty good. Uh, but that, that yeah, the guy that plays Captain Kirk is is in it as the main character, who's like the son of a winemaker. And the kid was also in it. That's weird. What? No. Okay. Never no. Been. The guy who plays Captain <laughs> Kirk was also the main character in this movie called Bottle Shock, which I saw like right before I saw Star Trek. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I, barely I thought you were matching up uh
0: no. You had been watching Bottle Rockets and playing BioShock. I had
1: Did you say watching Bottle Rocket or launching Bottle Rockets? Watching the the movie Bottle Rocket. Oh, okay. Cuz I that I had not have not done. Have you been I launching just... a
0: lot of Bottle Rockets?
1: Yeah, I hooked up this thing where every time I get a fatality in Bioshock, uh, it automatically triggers a bottle rocket. Just It fires it somewhere in my house, so then I have to run down and make sure it didn't land in a garbage can or something,
0: where it's going to start a fire. So you don't get a whole lot of playtime in Bioshock.
1: Well, I just, I, I'm encouraging myself to do a non-lethal playthrough. Gotcha. Uh, I don't think that's a thing that you can do in Bioshock. Actually, I actually
0: haven't played any more in Bioshock since the first couple three days that I played it. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much my relationship with every video game.
0: Although part of that is because another Field Runners came out. And uh, I had to take a lot of time defending towers. Not one in in addition to Field Runners 2. No, just Field Runners 2 was the additional Field Runners that came out. What did you think of Field Runners 2? i am I'm still playing it. I'm enjoying it. I haven't... Like, they have all these items that you're supposed to buy with coins. Yeah. And I just ignore them. Yeah, I basically
1: did, too. But the problem is that many of the levels, there is just no way that you can max them out without using items. Uh Like, there's no way that you can get all the stars. And the stars are what you use to purchase towers. And so I feel... I'm constantly frustrated with that game because I feel like what it is saying is if you want these towers then you got to buy some coins from us. And if they had said if you want these towers that'll be a dollar, right? I would have said, "All right, cool, here's your dollar. Thank you for the towers." But like the fact that you could get the towers if Uh-oh, you... I lost you Like the fact that an item costs 2000 coins or whatever. Right. They, they pay, did you? Yeah, I love it. An item for a costs 2,000 coins or yeah. whatever. Man, Skype is, uh, Skype is treating us really well. I mean, we're here in the same room and we keep playing patty cake. Hmm. I mean, peekaboo. <laughs> you know, patty cake. <laughs> that thing where you can't see something for a while and then you can see it. Um, also, I've developed this condition where the sound of clapping turns my eyes off and on.
0: Ooh, you got the clapper installed in your eyes?
1: Yeah, I did. A Uh, prostitute gave you the clap, (laughs) and then even more clap, so now you got the clapper. (laughs) Yes. Um, What I meant to do was just toggle between my two eyes when I clapped, Uh, uh, because I thought that would be fun, Uh, but I accidentally, I wired it up wrong. And what do you do when you want to
0: see things in three dimensions? Uh, Like snap your fingers, maybe? No, just
1: clap real fast.
0: You, know, <laughs> you know, get a slight
1: it. strobe effect but that's the cost of science man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh so the 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 items cost a whole bunch to the point where like winning a level earns you 10% of the coins that it costs to buy an item. Uh uh-huh. that might be a slight exaggeration, but still. And then if you go into the level and use the items because there's no way to like save or anything, like if you fuck up, you've just lost them. And maybe you don't get all the stars on the level.
0: Yeah, I just kind of. I saw that some of the towers were. Or at least, like, one or two of the towers were. Like, 10 stars or 200 coins. It's like, those are the ones that I'm intended to get. And these ones that are 5,000 coins, I will just never get. Yeah. And that's fine. Because I'm willing to play along with the game. Right up until there is a level that I can't beat without paying
1: them money. And then yeah, and I'm there there, there aren't any. I mean, uh, like, I beat all of the levels in the campaign without giving them any money. It just, it frustrates me that... The, the obfuscation of it frustrates me. I mean, it's it's like this, like, hey, we're using Microsoft points instead of dollars. Uh-huh. Right? And, and it's just... You know, I learned recently why that's a thing. I uh, little over a year ago, I tried to buy something on uh, Games for Windows Live using uh, because it's the only way. Using Games for Windows Live is the only way to play uh, Minerva's Den, which is this DLC for Bioshock Two, which everybody says is just a really, really good piece of video game. Uh-huh. And I really want to play it. And I talked to like one of the Idle Thumbs guys. Is the it was the either the lead designer on it or was a, you know an important guy and I was like hey is there any way to play this on a PC because I'm just not going to go buy an Xbox copy of BioShock 2 and learn how to play BioShock 2 on the Xbox to play it but I really want to play it and he said yeah but you got to buy it from games for windows live and it sucks so I, I went through this like literally like an hour long process of like rebooting and relogging in and patching the game and patching the windows games for windows live client or whatever Eventually got to the point where I went to buy it and it was like, oh, your, your account balance is zero Microsoft points. And I was like, what the fuck? How did that happen? Because I had a bunch of points. So what happened was some number of years ago, I bought some Microsoft points, which I just like, you know, I'll just I'll buy like 50 bucks worth of points. And then for the next couple of years, whenever there is some indie game that you can only play on XBLA, I will buy it and play it. And that's my relationship with them. But my account got hacked. Hmm. Like a bunch of accounts got hacked like i I don't exactly know how this happened it It was brought to my attention that they they had not like learned my password or something right It's just something happened was where, that in
0: was that in one of the like big group hacks or? yeah
1: it it was it was and 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 where they they were they just used all the points to buy some kind of trading card packs for some fifa game. Where they could resell them to other people or something. It was just some some thing where this happened to a bunch of people. But I thought you know I, I like emailed them and I was like hey this wasn't me you know I don't expect to get the points back or whatever but I just want you to you know can you unlock can like I, can I change my password and can you unlock the account so I can use it? And they said yeah and you know what we'll give you the points back. I was like oh okay. Nice. So they gave me the, they gave me the points back and that was cool. But it turns out that what they gave me was expiring Microsoft points. Which, when you buy points for cash, they're not allowed to expire the points. And I imagine that's, like, because of, like, gift card laws or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you get, like, free points from a promotion, they're allowed to expire them. And apparently, if they just give you points after you get hacked, they're those expiring kind of points. So I, I went to buy something, and I found out that three days earlier, all of my points had expired. Huh. And then I was so frustrated with the experience that I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna try this again in another year. Hmm. But I it bothers me that did, did field runners 2, it wasn't free, was it? No, it was a three dollar game. Yeah, so like it bothers me that in that game, there are like different kinds of towers feel like a thing to me that you shouldn't gate behind a convoluted series of microtransactions. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it bothers me that I can't see those because that is the game. Using different kinds of towers to do different stuff with them is what that game is. You know? And it's like, if it was getting a high score or getting an achievement or getting a trophy or whatever, I would look at the bottom end of that list and say, those are the ones that I'm going to get, and the rest of them are just beyond the commitment that I that I want to make to this game. But the fact that it's like, no, we're just reserving these verbs for if you give us some money, but we're not just saying, hey, give us some money and you'll get them. We're doing this sleazy coin shit. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I'm getting kind of used to that. And it's sad that I'm getting kind of used to just every little app game like that has two or three different currencies. Usually two of them you earn in game and one of them you can only pay for. Yeah. I mean, at least they're not doing that, but uh <clears throat> like the Candy Crush Saga thing is just amazing to me. The little transactions that they want to do. Like Yeah. Starting with any special item is like a dollar for a single use. And you continually like you unlock the big fart asshole candy. Like, sweet, I'm gonna use that. That'll be two dollars. You've unlocked it, but you haven't bought it. Huh, at one point so you run out of lives and you earn them back at like a every twenty minutes you get a life unless somebody who's a friend of yours sends you another life on Facebook.
1: do they lose it when they send it to you, or is it one of those things like face or like farmville corn?
0: No, they don't lose it it's it just goes like generates a life and sends it to you because mm. you because you sacrificed a modicum of your dignity, yeah for it. But so one time when I was out of lives, I clicked on the thing that said "Try this; it'll increase your maximum life to ten, and it'll automatically fill them all up." And that was a fifteen-dollar transaction in the store. It was like, "Uh, fuck no, forever." There is nothing in this game that's worth fifteen dollars. Yeah, at all. Like, I, and I wonder if somebody actually does that. Because it would be, I mean, it would be. I, I would probably have done that. Just like, oh, I play this a lot. Having the ten lives is kind of a good deal. So I would do that for a dollar fifty, maybe, since it was yeah. a free game.
1: What I wonder is, I mean, and I don't, I don't wonder. I can say this with virtual certainty that you know, like when Wendy's. Decided to say, "Hey, we're we're you know we're going to facilitate healthier choices by removing the triple cheeseburger from our menu." Everybody stopped buying the double cheeseburger. Like having the triple cheeseburger there made people feel better about buying the double cheeseburger. In the uh-huh. same way that you know when there is one outlier on the scotch list, that's like a hundred dollar glass of scotch. They don't expect someone to buy that. What that's doing is it's just framing the $40 glass of scotch as not the expensive scotch. So you're thinking the behavior that they want to enforce is bugging your friends? For more well, no. I, no, I'm saying that having having something that costs $15 that you're like, whoa, that is ridiculous. That is a bad deal means that maybe you're going to look at something that is $2 for 90% of what that $15 thing gets you. Right. And you'll buy it, but uh, yeah. It, everything that I hear about this Candy Crush thing makes it sound super super gross. And everything I hear about the gameplay is just that it's like just match 3 kind of, right? Like
0: Yeah, it's match 3 with some like some special items that that you make by combining different colors in game. Yeah, And then they interact with each other if you get two of the special ones in, in a single game. Yeah, like, it's something that I probably would have paid a couple of bucks up front for. And it is just the, like, I want to turn my brain off for 20 yeah. minutes. But uh, I just kind of ignore all the microtransaction stuff because it is super icky. The social stuff, like, being a minor internet celebrity means that I constantly have all the lives that I need. And, like, anytime I need three friends have to send you a ticket to unlock the next level pack, I just ask, you know, the 20 other people who are constantly sending me shit from
1: it and get it that way. Yeah. I mean, I found when we were playing uh, Farmville and Castleville and stuff for video games, hot dog assignments, just to see what they were, I had a fake Facebook account that all I did was friend a bunch of random people, who were also friending random people for playing those games. And, you know, it was like, okay, well now I've sort of broken this, right? Like there's never a time when I don't have something that I could be doing with it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't broken it. I've put myself exactly where they want me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. You know, it's weird. Like, uh, I've been, I've been playing not, not a ton, but some, uh, Winter, which is this like, uh, it's the people that uh, Clackling used to work for. Uh, the people that make like Star Trek Online and and that stuff. Um, it's uh-huh. like a Dungeons and Dragons licensed MMO that's free. And you know, it's just free. You just download it and play it. And they got a cash shop. And it is, it is easily, like it easily had the budget of a game that they would just sell for fifty bucks, right? I mean it it, it is, it is a full featured really polished game with a tremendous amount of content in it would have been a $50 game. Is that a PC game? or? Not? But the cash okay, shop is, it's, people are complaining at how expensive the stuff in the cash shop is, and it is, a, it's a, it's a PC game. All right. Um, you know, and it's weird. There's like, there's a horse that you can buy that costs like 40 bucks. You know, and it makes you move real fast. It makes you move faster than any of the horses you're going to get any other way in the game. And people are like, "Ah, that sucks that that horse is is forty bucks." And you know, there's a horse that is half as powerful that's like five bucks. Uh huh. <laughs> a- and I, I'm not going to buy that horse, but I am okay with that horse being there. And I, and I don't know if most people, not most people, you know, is the people who bitch about things on the forums are people who are bitching about this. I think maybe a lot of people just don't care, but the the notion, the notion of a virtual item that costs 10 or 20 or $30 is fine to me. Right. Because it, like everything else, you decide whether it's worth it to you or not. And then if it is, you buy it. And if it's not, you don't. And that is fine. You know, that's
0: getting to the, that, Line and where it's drawn, right? Yeah, like, do we feel like you can play the game just fine as it is, and you're charging for some extra stuff, or does it play like you took half of the stuff that should just be in this game and are trying to sell it to me as additional purchases? It certainly doesn't feel that way to me. Yeah, uh, like in Candy Crush, like all of those. Oh yeah, that one those, sounds very. All much those power like ups just feel like they should be part of your gameplay. Yeah. And when you're stuck on a level and it's going, you know, if you just give us a buck, then, like, every time you run out of turns, you have an option to pay them a dollar to get five more turns. And to me, that's just like, well, no. If you've designed the level so that I need five extra turns to beat it, and you want to sell them to me for a dollar, then, you know, fuck this game. Otherwise, I'll try again and see if I can do it. But if I pay you money... So that I can be better at your game, which has no bearing then on my skill at playing the game at all, <laughs> right then that's ridiculous i I would just i did that with infinity blade i I bought the best armor, and after I did that, I never played it again,
1: yeah, that just tends like, to react for me that tends to be what happens to me with and and what I tend to do is i don't Like, I play so many games, and there are so many games that I could play if I wanted to, that it's not, like... (sighs) If I play a game that I like, and it has some microtransaction stuff that doesn't seem sleazy, I will give them some money. But more often than not, I give them some money, and then I quit playing. But I I give them not... I don't give them money because, like, this horse is worth $20. I give them money because, you know, the, the thing that they have done for me is worth me giving them $20. Right? Right. They made this game. I like this game. I'm going to show that I like this game by giving them $20. And yeah, then, you know, with Spiral Nights, I really was enjoying Spiral Nights. And then I gave him some money and then never played it again. Yeah. Um, That didn't happen to me with Neverwinter, although I. Out of the last, I don't know, 500 hours that have occurred in the universe, Mm -hmm. I spent six of them. Playing Neverwinter, and yesterday, as a result of an auction house exploit, they had to roll back the game, huh. which undid which undid the character progress that I made during four of those six hours. Right, and so I, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't actually remember how much of that happened Sunday morning. And I went and I and I logged in and I saw where I was, and I was like, all right, well, I've I, you know I'd just gone through this, not it wasn't a Bad bit of content, but it wasn't super exciting. Like it definitely felt like, all right, I want to finish this area so that I can go on to somewhere that is more interesting than this area. And it's like, ah, guess you're playing this area again if you want to continue. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> cool. Uh-huh. So then I logged off. I had bought. I had spent. Uh, I remembered saying on an episode of Video Games Hot Dog, Path of Exile is this game that's like Diablo, but it's but it's free to play, and they are <clears throat> they are. Passionately committed <clears throat> to nothing that you give them money for giving you any in-game advantage at all. Huh. Which from where I'm standing is is kinda silly. Like, there there is this stigma attached to the idea of pay to win that. I don't know. It makes me worried if we ever try to make another game in the future with anything like KOL's model. Because I feel like if we launched KOL now, people would be like, dude, what the fuck? You are crazy. You are crazy if you think that somebody is going to give you $10 for this bullshit. Right. And, you know, we're clearly not crazy because there's a lot of people giving us $10 for this bullshit and that's how we eat our bread. And it's how we have done for 10 years. And and I'm British now. Yeah. Um. But I I do, I do really worry about, like, if we were to put something out into the world that was very, that was, you know, similar in our ethical approach to KOL in terms of what we sell and what we don't, I think that it would be, we would be direct, like, if we presented something with the exact same model as KOL, I bet a lot of the people who play KOL would start to say that we sold out. Hmm. Just because... The model is so vilified now, and and I think it is it is shit like Candy Crush that ruins it, right? It's not shit like Neverwinter. It's not shit like Path of Exile. Is just like they, it's like you know you can make your eyes glow or whatever. You know you can get a little pet that follows you around and doesn't do anything. And they are just so committed to not not having any gameplay effect at all. Apparently they're doing okay, you know, which is great. They're a studio of like thirty dudes, so. If you give them a $1000, you can they will like work with you to design an item that goes into the game and and it's, you know, just a thing that you get to make a bunch of decisions about what kind of stuff it does or whatever. And it just becomes a rare item that anybody can get to drop, and in every patch there are a few of those. Wow. So there are people doing that. And I don't know. I I I imagine that I spend $1,000 a year on Kickstarter video games if you were to just extrapolate my behavior for the last few years out. And if Path of Exile was the only game that I gave a shit about and I had the same budget for just like, I'm going to give people money so they can put cool shit in the world, then maybe I would do that. Like, as it stands, I wanted to support them, but I knew that Anything that I bought from them, I would feel like a fool for having bought. Mm. So I would rather have just donated $20 to them than gotten $20 worth of their store currency that I was then, well, I guess maybe I will make this weapon glow blue. Yay. I mean, I think you you gotta hit both.
0: And for some reason it's no longer acceptable to hit. Like, it's okay... To make people pay to play faster. And that seems to be the acceptable trade-off. But, uh... Yeah, I'm thinking of the My Little Pony game that I downloaded <coughs> to see if Ollie... You could wanted, jack off to it. Yeah. And I couldn't. and But uh, to see if Ollie would like it. And it turns out, you know, it it needed some reading and it was just a wash in micro microtransaction bullshit. So, uh... But it was like... I'll be finished building the windmill you asked me to build in five minutes. Or you can give me 25 coins to build it immediately. And you are you have 250 coins now, and you get five of them a day. Yeah. And, uh, no. Fucking, so, I started messing around with the Plants vs. Zombies Facebook app. Have you seen this? No. And, well, uh, wait, oh, is it on Facebook? Uh, yes. And no. I'm hoping to God that it's not a preview of the upcoming Plants vs. Zombies 2 that's supposed Ev- to happen this summer.
1: Everyone is pretty scared that it is. Yeah. Uh, I-, I think the guy's name is George Fan, the guy that made Plants vs. Zombies. He was let go uh, prior to the announcement of Plants vs. Zombies 2. Huh. And so I don't, yeah.
0: So this thing, it, it says that it's in beta. And it starts out like every game has to start now, with a big tutorial that introduces you to the different kinds of waiting and spending you'll be doing. And so like, instead of being the two-dimensional thing, it's kind of the three-dimensional isomorphic grid, which is kind of neat. All the plants are three-dimensional, so that's kind of cool. But it is like, click here to plant your pea plant in the planter. Now wait. A minute for it to grow, or pay five coins to make it grow immediately.
1: Yeah.
0: Now that you've done that, click here to pick it out of the planter and put it in your like temporary holder, and now you can click and put it where you want to actually plant it. It's like, oh god, you've inserted like begs, you know, that like asks for every single action that you do in the game. Yeah. So, I don't know, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna try... <coughs> getting past the tutorial and seeing how gameplay is but jesus christ i hope that it's not because what i want from plants versus zombies 2 is plants versus zombies with some new levels and new plants. yeah and i will pay them like i gave them six bucks to have it on xbox and like 10 bucks to have it on ios or on android with the android bundle yeah and i'm I would continue to pay them money for their goddamn game. I wish that charging for stuff was still
1: an option for a lot of this stuff. You know, I think I think it will probably come back. It's just... It, you know, for a while, the mobile gaming environment was such that if somebody made a good game and charged a dollar for it, they could sell a bunch of copies of it and, you know, get a, get a, a bunch of dollars... And then you know about them or whatever. But now, I think it is so hard to get noted. Like, that $1 means 1% or 0.1% as many people will play the game as if it were free. And so, if you think... Like, let's say that it is 1%. And if you think that if you can get 1.1% of the people who play your free game to give you a dollar... Then you're better off making it f- a free to play, and charging for stuff, than you are selling it for a dollar, and that sucks, you know. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, but but most people aren't gonna, most people aren't gonna go to websites and read reviews of iPhone games, looking for something new to spend a dollar or three dollars on, you know. Yeah. Most people are going to play what their friends at work are playing. And I don't know how they're going to find it. They're going to they're going to find it from the highest grossing list in the App Store, which Yeah. I cannot imagine a less useful metric to consider when determining whether I want to get a game or not. Like <laughs> I that is so gross, not to put too fine a point on it. Hey. Ugh. Um yeah,
0: yeah. I've noticed that in the Google Play Store at least the just casually browsing games has gotten a whole lot harder. Like in every category you have the top paid, top free, top rated, I think. And uh, and like highest grossing. And then anything else you have to search for. Like, you can't
1: get past the top 20 unless yeah. you know the name of the game and are going to search for it. <clears throat> of most of, the, most of the games that I play on my phone now, are games that either are reviewed on Touch Arcade and that look good, or games that people talk about on podcasts that I listen to. Um, there is a cool game. Actually, you would probably like this game if it exists on Android. It's called Zoombies. Or you might be, you, you know, you can definitely get it on iPad. Like um, Undead Zombies? Uh, I mean uh, Zombie animal, Animals animal yeah. zombies? Except yeah. it's all uh, It's all like Day of the Dead themed Ooh Yeah No you uh, Yeah It's it's neat It's more actiony than It's definitely like Evocative of Plants vs. Zombies But what you are is like A little kid with an axe Sitting on the left side of the screen And monsters come in In rows Sometimes there are animals Fleeing from them So you get more points or whatever if you kill the zombies behind the animals before they eat the animals. And if they do, the animals themselves raise as additional zombies you have to deal with. But the way that you play is by tracing a path out and then you will throw the axe and it will fly along that path. So you sort of have to, like, lead them.
0: Huh.
1: Um, And it's fun. I I only played it for, like, 20 minutes. Played six or seven levels of it. But, yeah, it's a neat game. But I just learned about that from just listening to some random video game podcast that's, like... It's one of those things that's like on my D list of podcasts where I will listen to it if I am caught up on every other podcast that I listen to. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like days when I spend an entire day just cleaning the house or whatever and so I will listen to 13 hour 14 hours of podcasts. Uh-huh. Like Yeah. Yesterday I um you know that big wooden table that's in my backyard? Uh-huh. <clears throat> on the back porch, I, I sanded the whole uh, top surface of that and all of the benches and then rubbed them with lemon oil to try to undo some of the damage that the elements have done to them. And uh, probably two hours of sanding and rubbing and 30 seconds from being done, giant fucking splinter in my thumb. Ugh. Yep. Like, it's the kind of splinter that, like, now that there's not a splinter there anymore, there is a scab on it from how big this uh-huh. gouge was. Yeah, no, it sucked.
0: Uh, I've got to keep putting... i got to keep making sure the boy puts his shoes on now that we go outside. Because he got a splinter in his foot that... Like, we eventually got it out, but I feel like the entire neighborhood was about ready to call the police. Because it was like... When he when he's had splinters in his hand or something, he just kind of holds it out, winces a little bit, lets it go. This one was just screaming bloody murder, and then stopped, like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do it this time, Papa, I'm gonna do it, it's gonna be fine. We ended up having to, like, have me hold him upside down, because that was the only way to keep him from, like like, reaching up and grabbing the thing, and we had me and our babysitter and my wife on him, trying to get the splinter out. So, uh, that's tangential to podcast listening, but fuck Splinters, man. Man.
1: I, uh, yeah. I remember that being a really rough thing when I was a kid. But, you know, I mean, my dad sort of didn't take any crap about it, and I guess that probably taught me something. I don't know. Yeah, like, my dad was good about it, too,
0: and, like, all he kept asking, is it gonna hurt? And we just kept saying yes. (laughs) But it's gonna be way worse if we don't take it out, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think Dad. we're going to be uh we're going to be building some furniture this summer. That may be fun. Oh, yeah. You yeah, and a kid? Uh well, me and my wife mostly, but he'll he'll run screws and stuff. Uh we found a bunch of plans for building furniture out of 2x4s. Yeah. Oh. And like from deck chairs all the way to things that look nice enough to be dining room chairs. As long as they're, like, sanded and finished. So, it's like, fuck yeah, we're gonna... I bought a tool that lets you drill at a shallow enough angle into, like, the edge of a piece of wood that you can do, like, a little pocket hole and have a hidden screw that goes through. So, uh,
1: I don't know. I'm excited about this. Uh, okay, I'm I'm not understanding this. Tell Tell me what you're... Tell me what you do with this thing and how it what it does that a regular drill doesn't do, okay, so you've got like a four
0: by four or two by four that you want to join to another two by four say so that they're flat oriented the same way together. you can either drill a four inch screw all the way through the wide side of the one board and into the wide side of the other board, or with this you put it in a little Guide and put a clamp on it and it just has a a little metal tunnel for you to stick your drill in so that you hit it at like a 15 degree angle so then you drill this hole that's like at a 15 degree angle into the wood and that enables you to use like a 2 inch long screw that you can then screw into that hole and it pulls all the way to where it's hidden and it goes into the Broadside of the other wood. Okay. And and pulls them together without having to use just giant screws because you can essentially start halfway through. I don't know. It's called a Craig Jig and it is my new best friend. I kind of want to do everything
1: with it. A Craig
0: Jig. Okay. That's yeah. like
1: when, when James Bond dances.
0: It's when uh, guys <laughs> advertise on Craigslist that they need uh, an Irishman to dance with. Mm hmm. Uh, well, that's cool. So we'll see. Like, I will either have a whole bunch of really cool-looking furniture by the end of the summer, or I will have a pile of
1: failure and sadness. A bunch of a bunch of two-by-fours <laughs> and a bunch of guilt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> that is the other, I guess. I was only considering I will build it and be successful, or I will build it and be unsuccessful. I wasn't even thinking about just complete failure. Thanks for that. Oh, well,
1: I, I wonder how much... So I could see making a lot of stuff out of 2x4s if you had like a table saw that you could angle the blade or like a radial arm saw so that yeah. you could so that you could join stuff at not 90 degree angles. Right. Do you do you have one of those things? I do. Like I
0: have a table saw, but I borrowed the radial saw because it's so much easier. To just to get a straight cut From mm-hmm. one of those But uh, all of these plans are Pretty much all just joining things at 90 degree angles
1: That seems like and it would make for some Fairly uncomfortable furniture
0: I'll <clears> have <throat> to see Like For sure you'd want to put Some cushions on them
1: mm-hmm.
0: But uh, I don't know I'm going to start with the
1: outside stuff And just see what it looks like I mean I'm I guess like a table the... like, You're starting to make a table out of 2x4s yeah. And that would be fine
0: Like, there are the um, kind of sectional benches that you can buy at, like, Home Depot and whatever to go outside that are made out of wood and they're pretty square. And that's something that's, like, $300 if you want to buy it somewhere, but you can make it for, you know, $10 worth of lumber and 80 hours of labor. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) the... I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully it'll... Like, those little pocket screws go in super fast once you once you get into it.
1: Ah, eh, man. Furniture... <clears throat> furniture is such a scam. I don't... I don't really understand why people are willing to spend so much money on furniture. Yeah. Like, there is always, at every furniture store, there is always a section of the furniture store that's like, hey, this is stuff that we couldn't sell for $1200 so now it's $600. Mhm. And okay, well, if that's a thing, then what the fuck? Right? Like did they lose are they, you know, did they have to sell it at $1200 because it cost them $1100 and now they're trying to sell it for 600 just so they've only lost $500 instead of losing $1100 because I don't believe that. I've heard that most of the
0: price in furniture is padding out the shrinkage from things breaking in transit huh so that's just kind of built into the price of it is the like four of them that got chipped so they had to sell them scratch and dent
1: yeah i guess
0: who knows like anymore now it's kind of the same thing i've done with clothes like we started going to ikea instead of the furniture store and finding things cheaper there and then just looking on craigslist first before anything.
1: Yeah, I mean so I feel like, like that's I feel like that is just absolutely what I would do now if I were trying to furnish a place is I would just because I have a truck. So, I mean that's, you know, a little more of a logistical concern for you, I guess. You'd have to borrow a truck from somebody, but yeah. Like I can get somebody else's $1200 couch that they used for 5 years in their nice house where they didn't let kids stuff cheerios into all the cracks. And I, they will give it to me basically if I just come and get it. They will charge me yeah. some nominal amount of money because mostly what they're trying to do is get rid of this couch and they feel guilty about just throwing it away. And, yeah. The bed in our guest room was just free because we that was when we were, we were putting the intern up and we needed a bed for the guest room in the office. And, uh-huh. you know, that is now our studio. So we took the bed out of there and now it's just, you know, I have a guest room in my house. But... This was just like a friend's parents were like, yeah, we just got this, we got a rental property and somebody left a brand new mattress in there. <laughs> okay. they Somebody probably spent six or seven hundred bucks on this mattress, basically never used it. I don't think that I would do a mattress. I would do a bed frame. It was. It sure. was, but if I, was, was... I was dubious and it was free and I thought, worst case scenario, we go get it. It's gross. We just immediately toss it in a dumpster on the way home, right? Uh They don't care. They just want it gone. But we got there, and it was just... It was pristine. Huh. The worst thing that's ever happened to that mattress was the intern throwing up on it. Hmm. Well, and, you know, I don't want to speculate on what other horrors it might have seen during that period.
0: (laughs) It saw some cons. (laughs) Yeah. Those people, Uh, they'll fuck... You guys will fuck anywhere. We know you.
1: Yeah, anything you guys will fuck anything
0: <laughs> anywhere. Anyway. Yeah. Like the furniture that's upstairs now is this couch that looked brand new that somebody in the suburbs had just moved into a new house and decided to buy all new furniture and just kind of let it go for I think like $50 for a couch. And it, like. I'm slightly paranoid about bed bugs in the same way I'm slightly paranoid about brain eating amoebas. Yeah. But I mean like some house in the suburbs is not really the like hotbed of bedbuggery.
1: Sure. There's and like buggery in beds, I'm sure, but If and the thing is if you get bed bugs, then you've got bed bugs and oh, that's fucking gross and now I have to spend some money dealing with the bed bugs. But then you just do it and it's, you know. That is kind of how I feel about just about anything now. Yeah, I've never had it happen, and I would be really grossed out by it. But the, like, the thought of it is so much scarier than the consequences would be dire. That it's just you know what, like, whatever. Like, yes, I'm not going to be able to stop being nervous about this, but what I am going to do is not let that nervousness change any of my decisions. Yeah,
0: like that is though, like the realization that I had this weekend, like. My hot water heater started leaking, and for, I guess, like 20 minutes, standing in the puddle of water with, like, the dog got nervous that I was down there too long and peed upstairs, which hardly ever happens, and then Ollie's asking me what's going on, and I was just kind of hyperventilating and freaking out, but then it was just like, you know, this is going to cost a little bit of money, and our life is set up now so that we have a little bit of money put aside for when this shit happens. And my reaction now is just a throwback to the time when something like this would have wrecked us for a year. Right. So, and, and then I remembered also I have a home warranty that everybody I know says those things are scams, but it keeps saving me like five or
1: 600 more a year than I pay for it. Yeah. So. Then, I mean, you're, you're like, uh, guys like me are what do you call it? <laughs> your your funding Yeah, I'm I'm like, I like the people who have my kind of experience with home warranties are backing the people who have your kind of experience with it. Bankrolling? Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know what word I was looking for. But you're yeah. my benefactor. My like my single experience trying to get something ca- something fixed with a home warranty led to me just like basically not being able to use half of the house for six weeks. And was that the bathroom thing? No, it was one. Of, it was because the even though the first house I bought was very small, it had two air conditioners because there was an upstairs one and a downstairs one, and oh, yeah. the upstairs air conditioner stopped working. And it took like four iterations of getting an air conditioner guy out and getting an electrician out and getting an air conditioner guy out and getting an electrician out, and it took you know seven to ten days for each of those things to happen. And yeah, they only each cost me fifty bucks. But it only would have cost me a hundred and fifty bucks for me to pick somebody and have them just fix it. You know, I it I think part of it is like when somebody when a contractor is working for a home warranty company, if things are at all complicated, they suddenly have this giant bureaucracy that they have to answer to. Yeah. So they won't they can't just fix it. You know, they can't just like, well, this technically isn't my job. Like, maybe my License and bond doesn't cover this right yeah. but but it's an easy fix and I can do it instead of you paying somebody else $100 to do it you know you get somebody out there who just wants to get the fucking job done yeah and I don't know this
0: was um, I mean anytime that we've needed somebody to come out they just come and fix the thing and go the other times have all been just leaky pipes so that that's pretty easy fix this one they they came they had they saw that the valve on the water heater was faulty and that was outside of their scope for what they were authorized to do so they had to call in but like within two hours of me calling the home warranty people they had brought a new water heater changed it out and hauled the old one off wow
1: and it was 250 bucks i never had that happen in less than 10 days yeah, I mean, I guess with a water heater, it is sort of an emergency thing, right? Because those, once they start breaking, can explode. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, I guess water heaters are just one of those things that they last about seven years, <laughs> and I kind of should have replaced it last year,
0: but there was the like, well, I have the warranty. Yeah, and we'll I just mean, see what happens. I mean, it, it, and that's it, the, the like, odds are are narrow that it's gonna like blow through. The roof of my house like
1: it it's within the realm of possibility but yeah no. i mean the so the water heater breaking at the office ended up doing a bunch of water damage that then cost like maybe an extra thousand dollars to take care of yeah see see
0: mine is in the basement yeah, and is on a slope that's graded down to a drain. Yeah,
1: and see this the new one is now in a pan that has a drain that will let it only damage the stuff that's in the garage and there's barely anything actually touching the floor in the garage. So, like, that's not going to happen again because it happened once. But, like, you know, if I had known, well, this water heater is probably going to last another year before it breaks, you know what, just let it break. Because it will cost uh-huh. exactly as much to fix it when it breaks as it would to fix it now. So... Hmm. Like, let's use things until they stop working. You know, we're a wasteful enough society as it stands. Like, if you can deal with the consequences of the worst case scenario failure of this thing, just use it until it fails. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I think I mean, I think I got that from my dad just driving cars until they stopped being reliable.
0: Yeah, like for a while, I wanted to trade in the car because it's five years old and I finally we went and talked to them about it and considered it and just thought you know the only reason I want to do this is so I'm driving like a newer car it's the mileage is going to be the same the reliability is going to be the same and why why would I want to just take on a bunch of extra debt to have another new car
1: <laughs> so yeah I, I think you're not an American anymore, Mister Skullhead. I think I'm
0: growing up, starting to feel the
1: value of a dollar. It's so hard, you know. It's so hard for me to tell. I don't know where any of my insights come from. Right. You know, like because I feel like I have learned some lessons about how to get along in the world, but so many of those lessons have sort of come after the time when I really had to worry about money the way that I used to. So I just mm. don't know, like. It's impossible to tell. I mean, you know, and people people will judge things like that charitably or uncharitably depending on how much they like you, right? So,
0: it's hard to get past that. Like, I just want something new in my life. You know, it is. Fortunately, I seem to have managed to shunt that off to like spending twenty bucks a month online and then something is going to come to my house and i'm yeah excited and waiting for it and then i enjoy it for a couple of weeks and then it's time to you know get another fucking screwdriver from woot or something
1: yeah and that's i think i like i feel like i've been fairly lucky in that i don't i don't get excited about like home improvement projects right like i don't think boy what i would really i <laughs> don't, what i problem. would really like is for like $3000 worth of work to be done to this porch so that it's yeah. a much nicer porch. I think what I would like is $3000 worth of video games distributed over 4 years. <laughs> no. Right. And that will that those are the things that I want. And so basically because it is not actually that expensive to buy all of the video games that one person can realistically play a normal grown-up salary for me is an infinite amount of money because that's all right. I care about. But yeah, I don't know. You know, I've only ever had one new car in my life, and I really, really like it. And it's like, it's eight years old at this point, and I am dreading the point at which I have to start considering getting another one. Yeah, because I like I like it so much. You know, you've and been in, you've been inspiring on that point. It's still it's still a good it's a good car, but it, it's got like one hundred thirty five thousand miles on it or something at this point, like. It's got something's eventually got to give, right? Like it, it, you can't just drive yeah. a car forever.
0: Uh, but I'm something I, eventually will break on it that is more to fix than is worth it. Because then you'll have a car that runs again, but it'll still have 150,000 miles on it.
1: Yeah, I mean there've only been two times in the history of me having my car where I've gone to start it and it didn't start. Hmm. You know, and both of those times where it's like, up, oh, yep it's because your battery is 3 years old and that's about how long they last. So. I, mean,
0: I don't think that I'm going to get another new car ever. Really? Yeah, like we did it once with this car and we didn't put anything down, which was kind of dumb, so we ended up with a really long term. And I think it was nice to have once the like wow, this car has 10 miles on it.
1: How long awesome. How long can but, the terms on a car loan be? I I Ours is a 7 year. Oh wow. I didn't think they, I didn't think that they made them though. I guess I know my Emily has a, has a seven year car loan,
0: but it was like, I was kind of desperate to get out of the 18 mile per gallon endeavor that we had. Right. Because gas was up, gas was up slightly lower than it is now. Right. Back, back in like 2007. So, but yeah, I think I would either buy something used or i I might actually lease something. Huh? is for a second car like if you have a car that you can make the big road trip in then your second car could be a lease and then you're paying like you're paying like you're paying for a used car and it's new
1: yeah okay. i so I, I don't i don't know anything about le- like most of the people that i have known who have leased cars have been people who were fairly well off uh-huh. and i don't know if that's because they can afford the waste of leasing a car or because being well off means you have the sense that you will use to determine that leasing a car is not a bad deal. I mean, it's not like property, right? It's not like a house where you buy it and it will theoretically maintain its value because you know that that cannot happen with a car. Yeah, a car is never an investment. Right. It will always lose value. But... I don't know how much it would have cost to lease my car for the amount of time that I've had my car. I mean, well, I so wouldn't, you have, lease right? It I would have, for like you lease it for a year or two years and the then end. you get a you get a new car. I don't want to keep changing cars. Like I want I want to find a car that I like and then have that be my car forever. <laughs>
0: right. right.
1: But but yeah, I mean, I've known I've known a lot of people who and, you know, maybe it's one of those things where it's like the the first time you get burned buying a car you decide to look at leasing and you think you know this is not a big deal i'm just gonna Mm. lease a car because like if i get to the point where i can't afford this lease payment i probably ain't got shit to do anywhere that i gotta drive to so (laughs) like it's gonna be fine i mean at this point i don't think that i would ever buy a house again like no matter what happens i cannot Mm. imagine ever buying another house just because i've I kind I've of gotten feel that way too but so that's just fucked. because i want to live in this house forever Yeah That uh, you know me i can't be i can't be satisfied with anything
0: <laughs> Well that's the thing see i no longer move between being like well like between moving out of the house to the trailer that we lived in and this house i moved more than once per year on average Yeah So like i think part of the antsiness that you get when you're not moving a bunch. I'm channeling into the home improvement projects and the, you know, buying random shit online.
1: Yeah.
0: I think we're just kind of... I read a thing that said maybe people are hard-coded to not be satisfied with what they have from back in the day. Sure. And you wanted to, like, extend your hunter-gatherer ratio, uh, radius? Ratio? <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm. <laughs> or, or ratio. You know, we we've talked about this, right? Like, you and I are... <clears throat> we are outliers to a certain extent already just by being by not still living where we went to high school. Yeah. You know, the fact that we were that we had a calling to go out into the world and find our place in it. Like I don't think that it's possible to find it really. <laughs> I mean, I think you right. can you can acknowledge that like, you know, I can acknowledge there is not any job you know, no matter no matter what bad things come up about my life, I cannot conceive of a better one than the one that I have. If I really right. sit and think about it, but that doesn't stop that nagging from like improve improve shit. Maybe go, go what there there is probably something better over the horizon than this, mm-hmm. right? Just if you could just if you could just get away from this specific leaky faucet everything would be great you know and yeah and yeah you know it stops eventually I think you have to stop listening to it yeah
0: but I think the only thing that could improve my life is like having another house on a beach yeah but that's not like that is so far out of the realm of possibility that it's not really a
1: goal I'm working towards it's just like oh you know that would be kind of sweet. The thing is also, I, though, it's not that, it is not that much different experientially than once a year going to a house on the beach that you rent for $400 yeah, and then leaving. That is you know? what, for some reason, it really hit me hard a couple of days ago, just
0: I really miss going down to Rocky Point, like getting getting a bunch of us
1: together and going down there yeah you know i've been thinking It's not
0: something that i can do
1: anymore i've been thinking about that quite a bit lately too because i i forget why i because i went up to prescott to to hole up and work and i was talking to my air conditioner guy and he like we just were talking because he his parents lived in prescott for a long time and so he used to go up there and apparently el Charo, the mexican restaurant downtown opened a bar next door and i guess roger klein and the peacemakers play there sometimes just at Mexican restaurant from where we went to high school. Um, uh-huh. and I was like, I don't know if that I don't know if I believe that or not. Um but then I went up there and it's covered with just memorabilia and like signed posters that are like, Hey, thanks, man, Roger. And I'm oh, okay. But it yeah, just it just made me think about those trips and
0: I guess that was why Saturday we went to the Roger Klein show here. Oh, okay. So that was probably why I spent all day Friday, like in anticipation of that, going, Oh, dude, those are the best times, man. He only does that once a year now, right?
1: I think he's still doing twice, like a summer and a a winter. A lot of people stopped going to Rocky Point because of the threat of drug violence, I think. But, you know, but like Patrick's parents are still... Whatever. We just continue to act the way that we act, and nobody has beheaded us yet. So, you
0: know. Yeah, I mean, you never...
1: I don't want to sound like an asshole, but the
0: you never hear about white middle-class family on vacation in Mexico gets all fucked up because of drug things.
1: Right. I, and because the moment that you hear about that, the next thing you hear about is government of Mexico, knowing which side its bread is buttered on, nukes drug cartel. <laughs> like, right. and and it's... yeah, It's kind of the same thing here. Like,
0: in the north side... Of Minneapolis there is very little almost no random gun violence because there are these rival gangs in north Minneapolis you don't want to randomly fuck with somebody and find out that the guy you fucked with is connected and will just destroy you in the south side of Minneapolis there is there's more random gun violence even though the
1: neighborhoods are technically nicer because they don't have the mutually assured destruction of <laughs> <Right>. every <laughs> there, neighbor potentially like- being
0: <laughs> Well, it's like what? nobody worries that the guy mowing his lawn next door might be a crip, so I probably shouldn't stand yeah. to it. What can, what can we learn from this and apply on a global stage? Hmm. Uh, so you're saying in my neighborhood, somebody
1: has a nuke? Sure. And nobody knows who, <laughs> yeah. who it is, so... Oh, man. What if that was your policy? Jesus. If the government is like, all right, we are issuing... A nuclear a nuclear device to one out of every 100 people I, what does that do <laughs> like I feel like I well, would be nice to fucking everyone in my neighborhood just in case well that's Heinlein's Robert Heinlein's
0: thing An armed society is a polite society and I, I don't think the science plays out on that like if everybody has guns then there aren't any more just Heated exchanges because everybody's afraid of getting shot. Because people tend to forget about being afraid of being shot when they're pissed off, and then they're pissed off and have a gun. Yeah. So yeah, it may not be the best idea.
1: I remember, you know, I'm only thinking about. They like, say
0: that what what happens is it turns a like dudes shouting at each other from their cars because somebody got cut off into a murder. Sometimes.
1: Yeah. A nuclear murder in, in our case. You know, everybody Everybody back home where I live has guns, and I was just thinking about, like... I don't know... Apart from suicides, I don't know that in, like, in the 10, 10 years or 12 years that my dad was the sheriff there, might have been less than that, that anybody ever got shot.
0: I wonder if all. that's more... If that speaks to the guns being... And it, Like, society being an equal factor to the guns, because, like, there is a difference culturally between, say, Iowa and yeah. urban Chicago. Sure, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, there is. But What I'm but saying I, is there are black people in urban Right. Chicago. No, of course. Oh. Um, there are some black people back home now. I wonder if it's changed. Probably everybody thinks that it has, but it hasn't. There's all kinds of black people in Prescott now. That's cool. Oh yeah, no, I did. I, yeah, I did. I have noticed
0: that. Um, it's like, hey, that guy's black, and I don't know his name.
1: Right. <laughs> like, that's weird. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not one of the. It's not the bad black kid or the good black kid. Right.
0: Yes. Like it's not Jason or Ada or Richard.
1: That is not. That is neither the. That is neither the Cosby nor the the iced tea of this town. Oh my God. That's funny because iced tea is fucking harmless, but still, you know. Frequently, when
0: we do uh, the horror show podcast, we have like uh, uh, Matt grew up in Shakopee, which is the like I, I get it, like kind of the Prescott of Minneapolis. Say I mean, it, it's only forty five miles away, but it's kind of the same deal. And I grew up in Prescott, and so Adam or Matt and I will end up saying vaguely racist things just because of where we came from and Adam is the like urban kid who half of his friends are black and he makes hip hop videos for a living and he just kind of face palms and says that this is why he doesn't tell anybody that he does our podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know where the lines are anymore. Y- y- you know. This is this is a thing that I probably I you know, this this has come up a bunch of times I think on the podcast but but one thing that I realized when I would spend time with my ex-wife's family, I learned, like, there are things about the historic and present-day relationship between white people and black people in, in our society that you can make jokes about. There are racial stereotypes that you can make jokes about, and it's not harmful, and nobody is upset, and it's funny, and everybody has a laugh, and it's fine, but she she expressed some concern and this was one of the this was one of the few like rational criticisms that ever occurred she was like you know i don't really feel like it is safe for you to make the same kind of jokes about black people that you would make around my family on the radio on the podcast because it's that whole people not knowing that we're harmless yeah That's the thing, like somebody, somebody who knows you knows where it is coming from, but somebody who is already predisposed to a just a sort of a general undercurrent of of hatefulness is just going to read that as, oh, yeah, yeah, even the even the people doing this podcast are on my side of this. They understand the inferiority of the black race. And when when no, what all you said was that they're maybe not such strong skiers, or whatever. Right. But, yeah. And that's that's something that I think about when, when, you know, we don't, like, lament. We don't precisely lament the, like, not being able to call each other gay anymore, disparagingly. Yeah. But maybe some of the same insight applies there. Maybe. I mean, now, like... I just think
0: of I pictured Jello Boy when I say like that's gay or something, and it makes me feel bad enough that I don't do it. Which is it's weird that like my own uncle being gay didn't give me that. I just like I don't want to put anything in the world that's gonna make things tougher. Yeah. For-
1: I don't think I don't think that that's weird. I mean I like I feel like a friend who is a similar age. And is and is you know more of a peer than than a than a you know cross generation relative. Yeah, I because like, like you know, Jello know, Boy a... is a
0: Jello Boy is just like a bro. You know, like we, we hang out with him. Yeah,
1: like you 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 would have probably had way more beers with Jello Boy than you have with your uncle. That's true. You know, so I mean that, that's that's where you know you don't like there are certain things that no matter how how right your dad is. And no matter how many times he tells you this, you are not going to believe it until you come to the understanding yourself based on your experiences with people your own age. Right. You know? But, yeah. I, that said, I do wonder at what point we move from the tide of sensitivity moving towards us to it receding. Hmm. You know, what fucking, like, people getting really upset about the phrase, butthurt. Yeah. And saying, can we please, the world will be a better place when we eliminate everyone from it who uses that phrase. Like <laughs> Okay. If
0: only there was some kind of final solution. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, I got, uh, in the forums a while back, I got hammered on for saying shit-dicked in the, the context of, like, you stupid shit-dicked motherfucker. And there's so many, like, way to throw out homophobic slurs. It's like, I... It, that's just a question of hygiene. Like, straight people can have anal sex, too. Yeah, what I was suggesting
1: but, was that you were the kind of person who would date a dude who did not even exhibit the common courtesy required in fully evacuating his bowels before he let you have totally normal totally acceptable butt sex with him
0: or that you're the kind of person who doesn't wash his dick after butt sex <laughs> like, okay it's still a it's a question of hygiene see I just I, I
1: I always like to blame the victim <laughs> oh I see oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to characterize the recipient of butt sex as a victim
0: <laughs> no it's just, they're only it, a victim if they choose to in be. my experience it always has been you know <laughs> ah that's a rape joke Every time that you've had butt sex, you've been the victim. I got it. I see. That's the thing. Like, is it still okay for like me, Matt, and Adam will sit around and talk about just like, yeah, but well, I bet you're totally gay for Matt. You know, and, sorry, Matt and I were busy sucking each other's dicks, and Adam goes, yeah, and I was watching him beating off. Like, is that a horrible thing to say? Is that homophobic? Mm, I mean, people. D- am I a clueless asshole
1: for asking that? Well, people would say that somebody, somebody, if if you placed it under the scrutiny of the internet somebody would say that you are right and I would
0: say like we're straight guys so it's funny to make fun of each other for being gay because that's a thing we're not
1: yeah yes I mean
0: but it doesn't help like it doesn't help to say if I were talking to jello boy I would be like so how much pussy did you get this weekend because that's funny because he is not interested in that so but that doesn't help you know some of my best friends
1: on mm-hmm. uh, black Yeah, no, I had one black friend That's not. I true. mean, Lemmy from Motorhead <laughs> Cannot possibly be racist Because he has fucked a whole lot of black women Exactly Hey, do you want to do some KOL questions? Yeah, we should probably dive in there. Oh man, Wax says What pearls of wisdom have you gained from each other over the years? Please see the last 20 minutes uh, Over the past
0: two weeks I've gained uh, Don't use toothpaste with sul- Sulfur laurel sulfate Sodi- in it. Sodium
1: lauryl sulfate Yeah
0: That too. And uh, keep driving your car even though it's not new.
1: Um, It's okay if you haven't gained any wisdom. Well, I think what... uh, like, I think I'm still resisting most of the wisdom that I should have gained from you. (laughs) I can never tell. I can never tell. I can never tell if I would be deeply fulfilled if I decided... Alright, I no longer am gonna consider ever dating anybody else again and it's time to have some kids and settle down and be a grown up and start caring about grown up things. I, I can never tell if you're if if like the I think on some fundamental levels you you achieve you acquire some genuine serenity from from that prospect that to me is kind of terrifying and i don't know if that is because we are different people or if it's because you have learned something that i have not yet learned
0: i think that i traded some things for some other things right and the since you're on that side of the equation all you can see is the things that i gave up and it's harder to see whatever intrinsics I don't know I kind of think of all of this as just like new game plus almost like well I got my house got my wife I'm kind of set now what? And when I, yeah, when I describe it as like I figured I had too much money and too much freedom that's almost true like I'm getting kind of you know, getting to where I know I can't party like I used to. So, now what am I going to do with my time? Like
1: sure. And and there was the whole like, in ten years, I want to have a ten-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I the the timer in my mind is how much of an old-ass man do I want to be when my kid starts college? Yeah, because you can pull a Tony Randall. You could you could knock up a girl at, when you're seventy years old. Yeah, no, or James Doohan. Right? Yeah. You know. He was he was
0: James Duhan plenty. Mhm.
1: But, you know, sixty I imagine I imagine that I am the kind of person that could take good enough care of myself that I was still you know, that I could have a beer with my kid when I was sixty and not ruin my day. Yeah. But
0: you know. And there are plenty of dads out there having kids at forty, it's just they're usually the third or fourth kid. Yeah, sure, yeah. And then again like that's a decision that I've pretty much 95% made is when you have one kid it's like an addition to your lifestyle kind of. Mhm. When you have two or more that is your lifestyle. Yeah. It, it's weird thinking about it that way, but it is just you don't get to hold back anything else for yourself when you have a couple, three
1: kids. It is weird. I'm gathering, and, and I don't want to take that step. I'm gathering. I'm gathering data about what kind of things it does to your life and your environment when you have a kid, right? Uh-huh. And you know, because I, I talk to you about stuff, you know, that would drive me nuts. Just stuff about the stuff about your day to day life that would drive me fucking crazy, right? And you say, nope, that's just just how it is when you have a kid. And I don't know that that's 100% true. I've met a bunch of people for whom it is, and I've met a bunch of people for whom it isn't. You know, I don't want my car to be gross. (laughs) And there are people who say, once you have a kid, your car is gross. Point of order, the reason that my car is gross has nothing to do with my kid. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember cleaning out some of your gross-ass cars in the past
0: right so yeah it is entirely the like
1: oops my wife left her lunch in here or i did or you know i asked and i asked my mom i'm like mom when i was a kid was your car just constantly like littered with cheerios and shit the way that your sister's car was and she said man you knew your dad what the fuck do you think i said no i think i think i probably wasn't allowed to eat in the car she was like exactly yeah, it turns out you know? it's surprisingly easy when you're
0: controlling all of the kids' input. Yeah. Just like not yeah, d- hey, hey, let's let's not
1: ever take a Ziploc bag full of Cheerios into my nice fucking car. Okay? Like Or like a sippy cup full of milk. Yeah. You, know, you just
0: plenty of parents don't understand that they're the ones in charge and that's a whole other thing. Uh I, I for what it's worth, you know, we made a joke a long time ago about I can't imagine Zach as a dad. He'd be holding this baby, going, "I just don't understand why you're crying." And that was just a joke about the way that you talk. Mm-hmm. Like deep down inside, I think you
1: would be a pretty fucking great dad. No, I, I think I'd probably, I think I'd probably pull it off. That said, I, if I have a kid, I am going to need to have a kid with a woman who I can say, "Look, I need to go to work for at least six or seven hours, and you're going to have to take care of this kid and not call me." unless the Correct. kid is on fire right and we so that, ch- that that that's going to be there's there's going to be a period of adjustment no matter what happens yeah. but uh, it's going to be as little a period of adjustment for me as I can manage
0: that's another thing that, like if you're set up in life a little bit more than even we were that you can trade money for that so yeah. it's not a, it's not as big a deal it's more money than you would think but it's not so much money that, you know, like, people who work Joe Jobs
1: can, can afford, afford it. it. Yeah, I mean, and that's what leads me to, like, I cannot imagine, given, given mm-hmm. having learned how much daycare costs, I cannot imagine a nanny costing appreciably more than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ali is in three days a week, and that's from nine to three, three days a week, and that's $600 a month.
1: Eh, I mean, I guess I can imagine a nanny costing more than six hundred dollars a month, but yeah, but still,
0: what you need is to find like a a girl just out of high school who that seems like a whole lot of money to, mm-hmm. and then you get to have sex with her too. It's actually in the yeah. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of documentaries uh, to that effect.
1: Five minutes at a time. Yeah. So pearls of wisdom. There you go. whack. Yeah. Have you ever had an animal sit on you? I had a bird fly onto my back. <laughs> I think I. Uh, I had a cat sit on me a lot. I had a cat sit on me earlier this afternoon.
0: I got to hold a crocodile in Russia.
1: Ooh. I see. I always is thought that a... in Soviet Russia, crocodile holds you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's what happens in Florida. So the inverse of that is in Russia. Just like at the Moscow Circus, one of the weird things just around the periphery of it is a guy who has a crocodile, uh, like a. Yeah, like a three-foot-long crocodile and a monkey? hmm And all he does is charge for pictures. So you pose with the crocodile and the monkey, and you'd get a picture. This is like a Joanna
1: Newsom <laughs> song in the making. Here's me
0: with, with two random animals. Huh. Randomals, as I call them.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I think I, I like I had a chicken perch on my arm at, at some point. That creeps me out. Because I don't know how... Birds sp- creep me out. Yeah. In in birds general. are fucking they're, they're I, I think I would rather. Well, no. Birds are birds are like fish. Birds are as weird as fish. But for whatever reason, I mean, I guess people have pet fish, but they don't generally take them out and and play with them. Though, yeah, yeah. For
0: other reasons. Yeah, I was gonna say there are there are logistical concerns that come into consideration there. The guy who just constantly takes his fish out of the aquarium to cuddle them is a guy who is buying a lot of fish. Yep.
1: Uh, WVO Quine writes, How many more simple challenge path ideas like trendy and big do you guys have in your back pocket? I'm going to say zero. Yeah. Until we have the next one, we don't have any Yeah. Uh, But luckily that is a problem That that tends to to solve itself When deadlines present themselves Uh, If you were to write an academic dissertation What would it be on? You're both opinionated And argumentative gentlemen Do either of you have an argument or viewpoint that you'd particularly like to write about And explore? I have basically no interest In formal Okay I shouldn't say I, I have no interest in Producing Formal criticism Of anything I like listening no. I like listening to it and I I like talking to people over beers who are capable of producing it but I I am not smart enough to produce that kind of work I mean and it's probably I'm not smart in the right way to produce that sort of work or I am not I think it's just outside your interest Yeah maybe I mean I can something be so far outside your interest that you are literally incapable of doing it? Quite possibly. Yeah, I mean, because if so, that's it. I, I feel like you're more... You are more at home among academics than I am.
0: Although my history of making academic arguments was always in literature. So it was mostly just making up some bullshit and backing it up with stuff from the book whether you believed it or not the the best grades i got on papers were ones where i was just like well got a paper due i'm just gonna pull this theory out of my ass and yeah justify it and feel like i had kind of tricked the teacher when i got an a in in so i'd much rather just have opinionated arguments with people in a casual setting. You know, I
1: did Lincoln-Douglas debate in high school and I was I was I was good at it, you know. I mean, I got most of the trophies that I earned in my life were from from doing that, and I was always better arguing the point that I didn't actually believe than the one that I did because I didn't feel because when it was like, all right, my job is to speak persuasively about this topic, if it was one that I didn't believe, I was like, all right, I am free to use whatever rhetorical devices, whatever argumentative tactics I want to do this because integrity doesn't enter into this. Whereas when it was what I did believe, I I couldn't be cheap about it. I couldn't do things that I felt were underhanded in support of something that I believed was good, which is why I would be a miserable politician, right? right? I mean, I would have the best of intentions, but not be willing to play the game that you had to play in order to get those intentions made into reality. Um, But, yeah, you know, I... It's weird. I'm kind of growing
0: out of the desire to argue about anything anyway. Just like, if you... I'll still go, like, a couple of rounds on Facebook if somebody posts something that I just egregiously disagree with. But yeah you know. like there was a time when I would hang out with my family and would argue about like gay marriage, which is just fucking pointless and wastes the time that I could have been spending with my family
1: in getting everybody all riled up so yeah i mean whether whether I have the presence of mind to not get into shit like that, it correlates almost exactly with how much beer I have not drunk <laughs> um. Jess accidentally
0: kickstarted one that I had to bury really quickly when she was telling my mom about this news story that she had read about how, or something she had read in class that we used to have our distant ancestors had the ability to not drown in water, but gave that up for the ability to pronounce a certain vowel sound in their ma- in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, "What do you mean?" they changed over time don't you think that it's just god knew that we were going to need to make that sound and right so and god was like the, so
1: it is important that you be able to choke to death so that yeah you can... so
0: you're gonna need to say lasagna at some point so <laughs> so sorry i'm going to create my unchanging human being with the ability to say lasagna and to drown in three inches right of water. yeah
1: sometimes if you swallow wrong you'll just die sorry about that had to be done but then i
0: I had to step in. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's talk about this other thing. (laughs) Nobody would ever suggest that evolution ever happened. (laughs) Yeah.
1: God damn it. Yeah. Cannonfire40 says, so you've said you're now doing one avatar type a year. Does this mean there will be more avatars after Avatar of Sneaky Pete next spring? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I I mean, because there was... was, I, I consider Zombie Master... Zombie Slayer? I can never fucking uh-huh. remember what it was called. That was an... Av- like, when I say an avatar path, I mean one where you are a different class with a different set of skills. Right. Uh, how would you guys feel? The answer is gonna be no, but I'm asking anyway. About making the friar let you plant in any zone you've already been to once in your current ascension. <sighs> we discussed what that would look like. Um on the off chance that we decided to do that and never really got to a satisfactory, like a sufficiently simple interface that I was able to stomach it. Yeah.
0: What do you think about the mock-ups he put out?
1: Uh, I'm looking at them right now. I mean, I think that those those lists would be 10 times as tall as the lists that you're presenting but but yeah i mean we've got the schedule that you can click on on the wall right what i would probably yeah. do is just say you could click there if if we were to add this functionality which i don't want to because spending the turn in the zone is a cost during an ascension of planting those things and that was that was considered and it's one of the only costs associated with it, and so I don't want to just flippantly do away with it. Although I think he is saying that you have to
0: have been to the zone. You have to have been there, yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So, I mean, what I would probably do is, when you click on that schedule next to each zone that's listed, like, we would just show zones that didn't have plants in them if you had been there, and then you could just click, let's talk about what we should plant here, Next to that zone. Uh, speaking of deleveling, please make the naughty sorceress give instant karma in big. That she doesn't is super annoying. Oh, right, is because you're not killing her at level thirteen. Huh. I don't know how I feel about that, narratively and mechanically. I mean, because the killing her at level thirteen is meant to reward you for going fast, not not to reward you for being a low level. Um. Mm. I'm probably going to think about that until it's too late to do anything about it and then not do anything about it. Roger Mexico says, The description of the swarm of ghoul whelps states that it's about 15 baby ghouls. When I hit them with sauce geyser, it says, You summon a geyser of hot ketchup, which erupts beneath three of them. More often than not, it's enough to kill the entire group. If my spell only hit three of them, what did the other 12 die from? Shock. AIDS. Grief.
0: Grief about the other three that died from AIDS. Yeah. So three died from the spell, three died from AIDS, and six died from shock and grief.
1: So then what about the other three?
0: <laughs> oh, three. Uh, six of them died from shock and three more of them died from grief. Okay. Okay. Sure. Oh, so you're saying the spell did kill three.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. I thought my math added up.
1: Okay. Eh, not even once Felloni says how about a Kickstarter for a new zone in KOL the more money you raise the more interesting the zone becomes and if it doesn't meet the goal there would be an everlasting square of shame that people can click to be told how cheap they were in 2013 you know this is like the thing that came up I forget who, it might have been Casey Wiederman who suggested doing, like, a Mr. A drive for new content. I really don't like how that feels. Regardless of how it squares with the way the world works and the fact that we need money in order to do stuff, I don't like the fact that it's like, hey, why don't you guys pay us to do our jobs? thing is, we need to be paid to do our jobs, but to the person who is playing KOL as a free game, like, that is just us not doing our jobs, <laughs> it's
0: getting on the wrong side of the line, of, yeah, this is a part of the game that
1: should have been included, but we're carving it out and selling it i mean it's it is a weird thing, like I feel like I feel like we have a responsibility to work on k o l because that is our job, and I realize the thing that makes that our job is that we take the money that comes in. And we use it to write paychecks to us that we use to to buy food and stuff, and right. so you know, I don't think of this as a thing where new zones have to come up in KOL because I am paying you and Riff and Hot Stuff and CD Moyer to make new zones in KOL because I don't. I feel like it is my responsibility to make the new zones happen and to. Divide that work up between everybody, right? It's and and so I guess the reason that working on KOL is my job is because the players give us money and then I use that money to pay everybody to work. But like I would feel like an asshole saying, All right, well, if you give us enough money, we will do this thing, if you don't give us enough money we will just sit around and jack off all day like if it's possible to do this thing why aren't we doing it Yeah. right because working historically us burning calories working on KOL results in people giving us money and that is not at all a straightforward relationship but it kind of behaves like a straightforward relationship and so as long as it's working
0: Well, like, knowing that we survive because we have a long tail of people who enjoy playing our game, and some of them are really casual about it, but when we add something new, they come back and give us $10. That is enough of an incentive to add something new? Yeah, And this is just kind of... We want to keep working on
1: KOL and making it a better game. This is
0: what we do so
1: i mean this is it this is what we have shitty. done for like 30 percent of our lives is work on kol yeah. you know like the- so it would seem kind of shitty to say like
0: this is a thing that we enjoy doing and are doing anyway this is a thing that we're already having enough people pay us money to do it that we're supported in doing it but we're just gonna like go for another dip yeah, yeah it's rough I mean we, we will totally do it for an external project yeah like a side taking yeah, away from our central right exactly a, a
1: side thing that I mean so like let's say I was working on a board game idea and I was considering kick this board game the reason that I am doing that is not because I couldn't divert some of asymmetrics funds to print this thing it is that I shouldn't divert some of KOL's funds to print well, yeah, this. it's thing. the same thing with the with the Yeah, and and so it's and 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 you know, I mean with with Word Realms to a certain extent, right? We were like, oh, fuck. How much how bad of an idea was this? Let's see." <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um Now yeah, Kamai says, "I've noticed on a few adventures that the character often expects people to jump out of a closet and say supplies. Is there a story behind that or was it some random ass thing you added?" <laughs> yeah, that's a that is because Weird Al is a fucking racist. Mm-hmm. You can never get away with that kind of thing now.
0: I mean, he invented the idea that Asian people exchange R for L sometimes when they're speaking,
1: solely to make fun of mm-hmm. them. Lightwolf says, "I thought the big Wisniewski being weaker and big was intentional. Since everything else is big, he's not so big by comparison. A.K.A. the <laughs> Wisniewski What happened? Uh, no, that was a, that was just a glitch in the matrix." uh blister guy says i hope you haven't given up on the idea of the class skill revamps i have still have a bad a few bad moon runs i haven't done and i'm using them as a chance to really fill out a skill revamp sounds great have you given any further thought on how slash if these will be rolled out the how and if they will be rolled out is the hard part right like mm-hmm. we i don't think there's an if right you definitely want that to be i that. do i don't know if it's a good idea or not. I don't know huh. if it is good for the overall health of the game to do. That has never stopped me from doing anything in the past. Right. But, um, yeah, the, the the complexity of the environment on which they have to be unleashed is part of... It's, it's one of those things that it's like, it doesn't make it so hard that it's impossible. It just makes it hairy enough that it's easy to deprioritize it. A Glebes ask why the star spawn doesn't fart oxygen into your mouth because while that is funny, it is inappropriate to the tone and level of discourse in our game. Lilac says "Manicotti Meditation does pretty much nothing. Now the stat requirements are merely stat suggestions. Could it perhaps get plus two spell damage or something? Yeah, I'd be willing to consider that. It's weird that it, the only thing that those skills were good for was shit that I had no idea that anybody used them for. Uh, they is says, can we expect a new VIP item soon? And eh, not super soon. Can June's item in the month have an embiggen link? Hmm. Sure. Zoom Beanie says, do you guys look at stats for returning players? I came back after two and a half years once the C was done. And I've noticed quite a few other people posting that they've returned recently as well. Did the C correspond with a lot of reactivating accounts? We don't really look... I have this vague sense it always seems like there are a lot of old players coming back. And I think that's because there are a handful of players coming back all the time.
0: I like the Facebook page for that now. That that's a place that can just sit on somebody's Facebook list forever And
1: then when we add new things, they know about it immediately and go check it out. Yeah, do they? they, they, When we add new things, there's a 15% chance that they know about it right away unless we pay Facebook.
0: (laughs) Well, I noticed, like, I was looking at the stats for the last couple of things that I posted on there. And let's see, we got 6,000 people saw the item of the month notification. 8,000 saw the what should we call the Kingdom-of-Loathing con. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5,600 saw the C one. I think it just depends on how many people comment and how many people share it. Right. So, but even, like, something like... I posted a random thing on Mother's Day about, like, hinting that the naughty sorceress was Susie the Arena Mistress's daughter and that got a bunch of views and i think it's just because people were sharing it. So, you know, like somebody'll see that on their timeline and go, "Oh yeah, kingdom of loving. I remember that." Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a worthwhile thing. It's a good point of contact. Yeah.
1: Man, this uh I th- this is going to come out wrong, but it feels like we've been doing this for a really long time and it's only slightly longer than we usually do this now. But I'm just saying this seems like it's been a real action-packed uh, and delightful delightful little bit of discourse between us, Mr. Scullard. If We kept it moving. I've been shaming myself slightly
0: about my role in this podcast by listening to it. Oh, yeah? And so I think even without making a concrete plan to talk more and be more engaged, just listening to the like moments of dead air in previous podcasts makes me want to jump right
1: in. You know, I think we also said... We've told people a handful of times over the last couple of months, like, hey, you know, on the Monday show, if you want him to talk more, maybe ask him something. <laughs> like, and people are people are, yeah, I, well, people, people are actually, people are treating them as, people are treating them as two different shows, and that's awesome.
0: That is good. I mean, I will willingly weigh in on a gameplay question, unless it is the intensely technical yeah. thing that... Uh, of course, I'm not gonna have an opinion if it's the, on whether. If it's free the kind of mathy
1: be. crap that was why I split off and started doing the Thursday show in the first place, right? Then that's gonna look. We knew, we knew years ago that there was a time and a place for everything, and to everything, a season. Turn, turn, turn. Uh-huh. And that 20, guy from 20, the Doors 20. died, and I've had Doors yep. songs stuck in my head all day because of that. <laughs>
0: God, yeah, that was why the radio station Ow. like the cool the cool nPR radio station that plays all the indie bands and shit played all eight minutes of the end today. I was like, God, why the fuck would anybody ever listen? to... oh, okay, the guy who played the keyboards on this song has i spent
1: guy. uh i spent maybe f- ten minutes prior to the show uh annoying my girlfriend with saying. Try to run, try to hide And then making up something that rhymes with that That was terrible Shove your dick in your girlfriend's eye For instance (laughs) She didn't like the idea of that Put some lube on the water slide And and neither did I really I didn't like either of those ideas Somebody's (laughs) gotta clean that water slide, you know Yep, and somebody's gotta clean that eye Eh, The eye has ways of shutting that down (laughs) if it's Just a legitimate irate uh, alright, well uh, Mr. Scullett, I've had a great time recording this episode of 120 minutes with you 10 dozen minutes? I have and I, I've had such a good time that I forgot what our show is called, even though we've been doing it since 2003
0: hey, you know what you should do if you enjoy us talking about your questions on the show is check out the forums there's always a forum thread in Kingdom Gameplay for asking us questions, and if there's
1: not, make one yeah. Be the
0: change you want to see in the world. Figure out what the fuck the secret word is for the day and make a forums account. You know what you could also do is send Kingdom of Loathing a Facebook private message. Facebook.com slash Kingdom of Loathing. And uh, if there's stuff in there, I will address that next oh, week. well, okay. Because that is the kind of service we provide. It is. And uh, I will be running a Kickstarter campaign to pay for my time to uh, look at the Facebook page. Though. Sure. So keep your eye out for that, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Good night, everybody.